Father in heaven, we ask, Lord, does the formality of someone in the front with a microphone, we're all sitting here in a square in rows, Lord, help us to get beyond that and really sit at your feet. And we ask for the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we've heard prayers asking for the Holy Spirit before. But Father, it's not the power of the speaker or the eloquence or the intelligence of a Bible study or the doctrines of the church, but really it's sitting at your feet and asking for a supernatural entity to abide in this room. And Lord, for six days, uh, maybe it's my mind, maybe it's everyone here, our minds are not calibrated for spirituality, and we ask that your Holy Spirit, because of the the shed blood of Jesus, cause us to desire spiritual things and then to speak to our hearts in a way that no human being can. This is our humble prayer tonight here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, people, Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew is the first gospel of the New Testament. And I'm going to move this thing over because a lot of you guys are over here. Matthew chapter 16. Are you there? Okay, if you don't know where Matthew is and you're using your phones, that's, this is a horrible travesty. Uh, it's, it should be there. Kurt, can I move these musical accoutrements here? Matthew chapter 16. 16 is the 16th chapter of Matthew. It's after chapter 15. In most translations. Chapter 16, verse 5. And if you're there, please say amen. Okay, now if you're going to say amen, I'm going to ask you, do not do it in the Korean way, like amen. Uh, just say it in the normal way, amen. Okay, you just do the same, the same as that. Another, amen. Okay, first row, amen. Second row, amen. Second row, amen. Second row, amen. I'm incredibly stubborn. If you want to figure that out tonight, you don't want to. Second row, amen. <laughs> he couldn't handle the pressure, so he laughed. Third row, amen. Fourth row, amen. Sixth row. Okay, they're, they're older back there, and so I don't need to, to, uh, to insult their intelligence. I don't mean to by any means. Okay, chapter 16, verse 5. Verse, the Bible reads, Now when his disciples, whose disciples? Jesus' disciples had come to the other side. They had forgotten to take what? Bread. Jesus, thank you for that loud answer. And then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the who and the who. I, uh, I grew up in the Korean church. Uh, my Korean youth had a baby about 10 to 15 people. Uh, we grew up together. We went to primary, uh, junior, uh, early teen, what's after early teen, high school. About high school, people started dropping out. Once we got to college, people moved away from college. We never got to see them ever again. Uh, but it was, I grew up in New Jersey. This was, this was, and I didn't know that there were Adventists who were white or black. I thought all Korean people were Adventists. So when I met the first Sunday keeping Adventist, uh, some Sunday keeping, Sunday keeping Korean, it's like, you're Korean. Why would you go to church on Sunday? That's where the white people go to. And then when I met a white person who was an Adventist, I'm like, wow, you go to church on Saturday. Like you're one of us, but you're white. Like, this is such a weird phenomenon. Uh, then I realized that the Korean church was not a Korean Adventist church. The, the, the Adventist church is like a world church. You all know it's a world church. Yes? Yes or no? Yes. 
Okay, I don't know, maybe you're not used to a northern speaker, but usually there's some interaction. That doesn't mean you're from a black congregation. It's okay to say hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord in the middle. I know you're Korean, you're not used to that. That's okay. Um, when I grew up, I went to an Adventist church that did not study the Bible. I did not know who Ellen White was until I was 17 years old. I went to the church library, and I saw a book by Ellen White, and there was a globe on the front, the world on the front, and space, and I was into science fiction back then. I was into Star Trek and Star Wars, and I was a nerd, a proper Korean nerd. And I said, wow, science fiction book, and I opened it, and I started reading it. And I got into this book called The Great Controversy. How many of you heard of that book? Okay, it's a great book. You just take a read of it. But I did not, who, I did not know what, what the Adventist church believed in. I did not know any of these things. It wasn't until I got into the Word of God, and it's not just reading, but actually knowing and understanding what the Word is. How many of you, when you read a book, you're reading, you're reading, and all of a sudden you're like, you, you don't know that you're reading, and you're just reading pages and pages and paragraphs and paragraphs, and all of a sudden you stop, and you're like, dude, I don't know what I just read. So you've got to go back, and you've got to reread the things, and, and sometimes you do this like two or three times, and then you fall asleep afterwards. Has that ever happened to you? Okay, now if you're laughing, that means it, it has happened to you because you identify with the experience. When it comes to the Word of God, we need to experience and we need to focus. We need to what? Experience Fo- and focus. Okay, thank you. Experience and focus. Uh, and what that means, you've got to look at each word. Okay, now look at your phones or look at your Bibles here. Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. What in the world are Pharisees and Sadducees? You tell me. Different types of people. Okay, very good. Uh, different types of people. What kind of types of people are they? Let's take the Pharisees. What are they? What do you guys know about the Pharisees? Okay, clearly, in a group of, of intelligence as this, there's got to be someone with Asian <laughs> grades to, to know what Pharisees are. Jewish leaders. Okay, how, did they, how are they differentiated from the Sadducees? They're Jewish religious leaders. Okay, the Sadducees were as well. Anyone know what the difference between the two are? Good answer. They have different, they have different beliefs. What are their different beliefs? Uh, I think, um, and now okay. Okay. Are you a theo major at Southern? You are. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else besides James? Are you a theme major also? Why are you looking at me that way? I am. You're, you're not in college, Dale. You are in college, Dale, but you're not in college. Okay. That's okay. You don't have to feel guilty for that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, I don't mean to be picking on you, but it's so easy because you're in the front row. Um, the Pharisees and Sadducees here uh, in, 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 in verse 5, when I, when, when I was in Korean church, we used to go to these, um, these campouts, and very similar to, to camp uh, to Kohara Springs. And we'd have, there was this one elder that said, you know what, the young people and old people, we need to come together and uh, worship together and the parent generation and uh, American generation together, understanding, yes? And we'd sit around a campfire. And I don't know about you, but there's something that happens uh, in your teenage years, especially for those who are 13 to 19. You go through a, a mutation period, psychologically speaking. You, you mutate. And you get angry for no reason. You get sad for no reason. You start questioning your identity. Like, am I a Korean? Am I an American? Like, when I'm in America, I don't feel like I'm an American, but I'm in Korea. I don't feel like I'm a Korean. I'm like a mutant that needs to live in like the Pacific Ocean somewhere that's in between America and Korea. 
And so I was full of anger, and I'd use this word. It was at a, at a campfire that someone said, hey, what are your feelings? What, what do you think about the parental generation? And, and I was full, so much full of anger that I went to the front. And the previous night, I actually went to my dad's library, and I took out the Korean English Dictionary. Do you guys all have it in your homes? It's like made of that really thin newspaper, the, the rice paper, and it's got like the Korean tonga, you know, dictionary, whatever. And I looked, I looked up what the word hypocrite was. I looked up what Pharisee was in Korean. And little did I know I was going to use it that, the next night. So I went to the microphone, and my parents were like freaking out, all my, all my friends, which our, our generation was a lot similar to the people here, kind of like quiet, don't want to be the one that sticks up. But I stood up, and I said, Our parents are wizanjadul. And then the rest of them, like my friends are like, what is that? We don't, we, that's, a, that's a hard Korean word. It's one of those words that the parents use. We don't know. And then all the parents were like, oh, mom, 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 mom. It's collective hush. And at that moment, I realized, what, what did I just say? I, I, I was calling them hypocrites. The, the, the problem with our generation is hypocrisy. Your generation from 13 through 19, according to what neurologists say, is that you have a heightened version of, of social skills. You know what I'm talking about? When you're from like nine, like zero to nine, to like girls from zero to nine, guys like zero to 12, 15, uh, you have like no social skills whatsoever. You don't care. You know, like you can pick your nose in the front of everyone. You can just, you're, you're your own person. You're confident. You're a cute little kid, whatever. What happens is when you go through puberty or adolescence, or for those of you from Korea, Hachungi, you go through this, you start morphing, you start mutating. Okay? You start, you smell like weird smells and you start growing places you never thought you'd grow and the hair's growing in places where it's coming out. You, start, you become a monster. And then your, 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 your brain starts morphing. You become super sensitive. Super sensitive. Like you get angry for no reason. Sad. Your hormones are like bleeding out of your pores and you're like, you got, you got zits everywhere. And then what happens is you get so sensitive to the social arena around you. Okay, everyone stand up right now. Okay, please sit down. Okay, now this is, uh, this is a clear, clear example, okay? And you may be thinking, like, what is this, a weird, crazy guy? I am a weird, crazy guy. Uh, there's some of you, now the older people in the back, very confident in who they are. These guys, pretty confident. Stand up, okay? Stand up, I'm married, got kids. Okay, I don't need to stand up. I don't need to, uh, but what happened, this, this group right in the middle, he said, stand up. What happens is your hormones, you know, in, your social skills are morphed. You start thinking, fear starts kicking in. What if pastor asked me to stand up and I stand up and I'm the only one that stands up? I'm going to look like a what? Well, you fill in the word when you you have your own own nomenclature. Okay. So what you do is you kind of look around and you kind of like, kind of like do the whole, I'm going to get up. Okay. Okay, Everyone else is going to get up. Okay. He said, sit down. Okay. Okay, sit down. Okay, sit down. Okay. These social skills are so sensitive. It impacts what you eat. impacts what you listen to. It impacts what you wear. It impacts how you do your hairstyle. It impacts whether you go to church or not. And what happens is in this age, you become very sensitive to your parents and your adult generation, especially in my profession, pastors, and you start looking for hypocrisy. You're very sensitive to hypocrisy. Question, what is hypocrisy? Jesus talks a lot about hypocrisy. In verse 5, read it one more time, because we're not really getting it. 
When his disciples had gone to the, to the other side, they're in a boat, they're on the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Question, what is leaven? What's another word for leaven? Normal English. Yeast. It's what? Oh, it's flat. Okay, but you put, oh yeah, unleavened bread is, is flat. Okay, so if you have leaven in it, it's not a flat, it... Okay, now she's turning red. That's okay. Uh, the, the leaven, Jesus uses leaven as it's something very small, something that's it's imperceptible almost, and you sprinkle it into the, the dough, and what happens, the whole dough gets infected. And Jesus says, beware of these two things. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of the Sadducees. Go to Mark. Uh, Mark chapter 8. Same story in a different area. Okay, we're only looking at seven, chap- seven passages today, so this is the second of seven. Chapter, th- chapter 8, verse 13. Okay, hurry up. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Quickly, quickly, quickly. You're making the sermon longer. Hurry up. It's your fault. Okay, Mark, not Matthew, Mark. Mark, chapter 8. Mark is after Matthew. Chapter 8 is chapter, chapter 7. Verse 13. Okay, someone read that nice and clear for us. Verse 13. Nice and loud. And he left them. And yes. Then, entering into the boat, departed to the other side. Okay, same story. Keep going. Verse 14. And they forgot to take the bread. Uh-huh. And they had, and they had not in the boat with them more than one loaf. Uh-huh. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Uh-huh. Verse 15. Same exact story, but Bible scholars, what do you see that's different? Verse 15. Take heed, beware of the leaven of the what and leaven of what? Okay, have we seen the leaven of the Pharisees before? Yes. Have we seen leaven of, of Herod before? No. So question, is Matthew telling a different story from Mark? Liberal scholars have said this, hey, these guys disagree. So therefore, it's either Matthew is right, Mark is wrong, or Mark is right, or Matthew is wrong, or they're both wrong. How many of you are markers? Raise your hand. How many of you guys think Matthew's better? Raise your hand. How many think both parts are wrong? Raise your hand. Okay. How many think you don't want to answer, so you're not going to do anything? Raise your hand. <laughs> this whole row of girls is like... <laughs> okay. okay. They're both right. Scripture says, uh, according to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is, is inspired. Most likely, Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Herod. Three things. When Jesus says, beware, 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 should you beware? Okay. When I, when I was um, in, in college, I, uh, we, went to, we went cold portering. Cold portering is one of the most horrible experiences you will ever have in your life, but it is one that, that just really grows your character, the best for character development, and probably the most spiritual experiences I had. I went, you knock on doors and says, hi, my name is Justin, we're here to, to provide something for the community, we're like, there's a canvas they have to memorize. And I hated it because I was doing it in Boston, which is in far north, where it's a hard territory. I had to wear a suit in hot weather, a lot hotter than it is today. And uh, I hated it. Went to one door. In the front door, the, uh, there was a uh, sign. In front of the sign, there was a huge yard, and then there was a gate. And in the gate, there was another sign. And the, guard, the sign said, beware of dogs. You ever seen those black signs with yellow, the, the orange block lettering, beware of dog? Normally, I would abide by this. I'm not a dog person. I'm not a cat person. I'm, I'm allergic to a lot of things. But the training that I got says, ignore all signs. 
You're there to, to give the gospel to people. You just, just go to the door. So I ignored the first sign. I walked to the, to the front door. I was crossing this, this yard. And by the halfway point, there's another wooden stick in the middle of the field with a second sign. And it said, beware of big dog. The second sign was akin to the first sign, but there was an adjective inserted that modified the, the noun dog, describing it to be big. Fear started to set in, but I said, look, I need to preach the gospel. I need to get the gospel into the door. So I, I proceeded to the door. I went to the door. I was about to push the doorbell. There was a third sign. It said, beware of very big dog. An adverb was inserted to modify the adjective that modifies the noun. It wasn't not only a regular big dog, but it was a very big dog. So clearly, this was a threat. But I said, hey, my training told me to preach the gospel. I need to get the book in there. So I pressed the doorbell. And when I pressed the doorbell, this, the, it was, I was standing on these wooden, 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 where you go, wooden thingamajiggies, okay? And it starts shaking because the dog was coming and it was Godzilla incarnated in a dog. <laughs> and it was roaring. Now, I wish I could say tonight, like, as a pastor, I, I beat that dog down, I sold that book, and that guy's a Seventh-day Adventist today. I, did, I can't say it. I ran away. <laughs> I was scared. I was scared. When Jesus says, beware, 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 three times, should we beware? Should we beware? Uh, I love this Bible study because it speaks to my heart. I talked about hypocrisy. Um, I was a, a Seventh-day Adventist the whole time. I went to a Catholic, uh, Roman Catholic high school for four years. Uh, I, I thought I wanted to be the elitist. We wore a tie and a suit every day. and we, we, we spoke like in British accents and drank tea with our little pinkies up and whatever. We were the best in everything, number one in football, number one in baseball, number one in academic. After that, and then it was awesome, awesome experience. There are some, some Catholic people who love the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am, I am convinced they will be saved. Amen? Are God's people in the Catholic Church? Yes, they are. Okay. Will they all be saved? I can't say that. Will there be some people in the Adventist Church who will not be saved? Absolutely, unfortunately speaking. Now, it's awesome. There are some nuns there and some fathers and people with white little collars and, and uh, a very Christ-like atmosphere, a lot of it, but they did not keep the Sabbath. Very interesting. So then after four years of college, I went to, uh, four years of high school, I went to college. I went to a Jewish college. Awesome experience. Now, if you guys are struggling with legalism, Adventists have nothing on legalism when compared to Orthodox Jews. Spiritual, they kept the law, Old Testament. They didn't know who Jesus was, but you go into the cafeteria, no shrimp, no pork. Uh, Friday afternoon, it's super busy. Everyone's rushing to the ATM, dry cleaning, vacuuming, and cleaning their cars. Very interesting experience. On Friday night, I'd go to the bathroom uh, stall in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the dorm, and all of a sudden, the rolls of toilet paper were taken out, and there were boxes there. So I'm like, and the first time it happened, I'm like, oh, okay, they must have run out of toilet paper. They just put boxes there. Second, Sabbath, second uh, weekend, Friday comes around, boxes were there again. Third, oh, Boxes, fourth weekend, boxes, fifth. I'm like, so I went to the RA. Dude, uh, what's with the box thing? Okay, I, I, I don't really care. What, I don't, you know, as long as there's tissue paper, that's cool. But why are the rolls gone and why are there tissue paper? And he's like, hey, I thought you were a Sabbath keeper. Yeah, I'm a Sabbath keeper. I'm a, I keep the Sabbath. Yeah, then you would understand. 
It's in the Bible. Bro, there's no such thing as toilet paper in the Bible. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're... But you keep the Sabbath. I do keep the Sabbath. You should do no work on the Sabbath. Uh, amen. <laughs> He's like, amen. What is this, you know? And, 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 and he said, then you would understand that you have a roll of toilet paper. And in order to, to, to get your peace, you'd need to what? Rip it. That is work. Huh. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Whereas if there's a box of tissue paper, you what? You pluck, 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 pluck. There's no tearing involved, so they're not working on the Sabbath. Fascinating, yeah. Now, you think Seventh-day Adventists are legalists, that these guys are legalistic, and I'm not saying that's a negative thing. They actually say we are legalistic. Very, very, very different experiences. Now, here in this, in this in Jesus says, beware of the leaven. Catholics and Jews have something against leaven. Okay. As Seventh-day Adventists, we do too, when we have something called communion. How many of you have been to communion before where you wash people with each other's feet? And you have also a little piece of bread. It's called unleavened bread. Okay. Jews, in one day of the year, they just go, they, they just go do super uh, spring cleaning, super techongso. You know, your moms do techongso day. And they just go all out. They go into like, you know, megajima and they just go clean everything. They, they take out all the books, and then they go like this. They wash, they get all the dust out. They take a Q-tip, and they go along where the wall meets the, the, the ceiling, and they make sure there's no dust there. And what they do is they try to clean all yeast, all leaven out of their lives. They want to be completely clean. And on this is, this is the day, what they call the Day of Atonement. Day of what? Of Atonement. And I'm looking at this, man, this, these guys go all out in cleaning. Now, in Jesus' culture, they were all into cleaning, getting leaven out of their lives. But Jesus says, don't worry about the actual leaven. Worry about, worry about three things. Beware of the leaven of the, if you guys remember, what and what? Pharisees, Sadducees, and Herod. Go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Someone read that nice and clear for us. Quickly, quickly, hurry up. Chapter 12, verse 1. Okay, here Jesus says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And here in the Gospel of Luke, he's only mentioning one, 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 one uh, leaven, and then here it defines it, which is what? Which is what? Hypocrisy. So here's that one thing that I just hated so much in life. When I would see pastors do one thing up in the pulpit and they preach one thing, but when you go back home, they act a different way. By the way, this is what they say makes PKs PKs. You guys know what PKs are? Pastor's kids. I don't know how many of you are pastor's kids. We just gave birth to one five months ago. I'm, 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 I am paranoid that that kid will become a mutate into a PK. So I'm doing everything I can to make sure that he's not a PK. I'm like, why are PKs PKs? And then what I realized, a lot of, a lot of P's, a lot, a lot of pastors say that their kids are PKs because they see a dissonance between the two. Now, it's not just a pastor thing. It's all also a parental thing. How many of you, when you see your parents, they go to church and they're like, when they come home, they're like, and they just go all out. What they do at church and what they do at home are different. Have you seen that? Now, what happens from age 13 to 19, 
You become sensitive to seeing these things. And what happens is you base your faith not on the word of God, not on the words of Jesus, not on what real spirituality should be. You base it on your experience or what you see your parents go through. And then it locks in. And then when you're in your 20s, when you're trying to define yourself, I don't know where you went, but you're trying to find yourself, you base your faith, your spiritual experience on a negative experience of your parents. This bleeds into your 30s, 40s, and 50s, and 60s, and 70s, and then you die. Now, you look around here, and praise the Lord, there's, I don't know if you guys think, there's a lot of young people here, but in 10 years, more than 90% of you will leave the church. You'll be gone. Okay. Look back in the last couple of rows. There's some old people there. These are the faithful few. When they were your age, there was more of them. Yes or no? Now, a lot of them, I don't know all of them, a lot of them have left, and praise the Lord, they come back. And there's something about when you have your own kid, you start freaking out. You're like, I have a baby, and what's going to happen? Is gonna... Let's go to church. So they go to church. Okay? So having babies is a great way to do evangelism. To bring, I don't know why, but it's just, that's just the reality of it. Okay. Jesus says, beware of three things. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, leaven of the Sadducees, leaven of, the, of Herod. The first one, leaven of the Pharisees, is hypocrisy. Go to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 20, 23 is our fourth passage. We're halfway through our sermon here tonight. Matthew chapter 23. Quickly, 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 quickly. Okay, you guys have phones. I don't know what takes taking you so long. Maybe a stubby fingers. Chapter twenty-three over Matthew, and here is one of the chapters where where Jesus is not the 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 loving, cuddly, care bear Jesus. Verse thirteen, uh, Jesus goes into a motif. He repeats one thing over and over again. See what it is. Verse thirteen, but woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse fourteen, woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse fifteen. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees. Verse 16, woe unto you, blind guys. Verse 17, fools and blind. Verse 23, scroll down to verse 23. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse 25, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse 26, blind Pharisee. Verse 27, woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse 29, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees. Do you see a repeating pattern here? Is Jesus the loving care bear Jesus? And he's pointing something out. Now, he's not pointing someone because he's frustrated and he's angry. He's trying to point out so he can save these people. Go to verse 26 one more time, or verse 25, I should say. And here he defines, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Verse 27, won't you scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful, beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. Verse 28, even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Here Jesus says, those who are hypocrites, there's two sides. There's an outside, and then there's the inside. Yes? Okay, Korean girls are usually into makeup. So if you kind of use Korean language, it's like makeup or when you wake up and have no makeup. Okay? Before surgery and then after surgery. Yes or no? Okay, all the girls are like super mad. I don't know why I'm there. Jesus says there's two, two faces to you. 
How many of you, when you go to church, you hold your breath? Happy Sabbath. Hi. I read my Bible. I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. And then you go home. Oh my goodness, that was like the longest Sabbath ever. It's like sundown, like, like midnight. Oh my goodness, it's so long. Sabbath is so long. And then you go home, and then you just do everything. You've got to get it out of your system. Usually the unholiest time of the week is Saturday night. Why are you laughing? If you're laughing, you're guilty of something. Okay. And then we see our parents. And when Jesus says, sometimes you have these two things. So the common logic is this. I hate fake people. I hate people who are this way, and then they're actually this way. I don't, I don't, I don't like posers. I hate wannabes. I, I don't like this two-sided thing. So I want to be real. I want to be real, man. I want to be one. I don't want to be good on the outside and bad on the inside. So in order to be real, I'm going to be bad on the inside, and I'm going to be bad on the outside, too. At least I'm real. Does this make sense? It's pretty good logic. Now, the, the, the great thing about Korean culture, and then I know I blast Korean culture, maybe it's my studies in sociology, but... The good thing about culture, at least, tentatively speaking, is that at least it preserves the external as much as possible. It tries to. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it tries to. What Jesus says is this. Instead of you trying to be real and trying to be good on the, uh, bad on the inside and bad on the outside, Jesus can change you not only on the outside, but change you where? On the inside. I don't know if you experienced racism in, in the South. I experienced racism in New Jersey. Uh, I went to a Walmart one time. I went to get some shampoo, and this guy comes up in a tow truck, not a tow truck, uh, a pickup truck, <laughs> pickup truck. And, and, he, and then he's got, like, just stereotypical hat, overalls, and just kind of, kind of guy. And he comes in the Walmart, and I'm looking at some shampoos or Clearasil, and uh, he says, oh, ching chong wang 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 And I'm thinking, like, Dude, that's, I'm Korean. <laughs> I'm Korean. Korean sounds nothing like that. Okay? Maybe Chinese sounds maybe a little bit like that more, but Korean's more like, Ching Chang 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 is more Chinese than. Anyway, so I turn around. And I was a Christian this time. I'm studying to be a pastor. You know, and what happened is something happened. I, don't, I think it's genetic. Something happens right about here. Okay, men, do you know what I'm talking about? You just, like the ancestors of Korean ajashis flows through your blood. And so this, it starts right here and it just comes, comes up. It's coming up. Okay? The wrath of, of Korea <laughs> of all 5,000 centuries is coming up. I'm like, I'm calling upon the powers of Izunshin, you know, Changgun, and, and all the wangs of Korean drama to come here. And then I don't even know Taekwondo. I'm like, all the Taekwondo spirits come through me. And I'm going to chop this guy with my pinky in half. Okay? Like anger is flooding through me. Flooding through me. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm just going to turn around and I'm just going to take this shampoo and just, like, just you know, put it into his nostrils. You know? like, I was so angry. Not because he made fun of my nationality, but because he was so ignorant that he didn't know I was even Korean. It's like a double. Like he's, you know, have you ever had like, are you, are you Japanese? No. Are you Chinese? No. What are you? I hate it that Korean is even an option to choose when they're making fun of you. That's how, that's how bad it is. At that moment, you know, I, I, I submitted my life to the Lord that morning, but this came up. Now, you, we all have this, amen? 
<laughs> Amen? We all have a sinful nature, what the Bible calls. It's my choice at that moment. It's coming up, it's coming up, and there's a voice in my head. By the way, it's not just a voice. It's the Holy Spirit that says, hey, no. At that moment, you have the option to choose the spirits of Korea <laughs> or the Holy Spirit. Yes? And then the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit says this, look, if you punch him, you're being a hypocrite. You submitted your life to me. You got to be good on the outside and also good on the where. And this is where the real work happens. You got to be good on the inside. By the way, you can't be good by yourself. You can't. It's impossible. You need a supernatural power outside of yourself to do it. A supernatural power outside of yourself to do it. So, Lord, I want to chop his head off. Can you do that for me? Because I, I can't do that. You need to do that for me. The Holy Spirit said, no. My kingdom is not like that. I work by converting his heart too. I'm like, ah, oh, that, that'd be awesome if that guy's converted. Yeah, like he goes, we go to church together. That'd be super weird, but super, a lot better than his head falling on the floor in Walgreens. So Lord, help me. I need your help. You know what happened? It came up to here. It's like up to my neck. And I was like squeezing this, this shampoo bottle like super hard. And it just, when I asked the Lord to help, it just disappeared. And I turned around and I said, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, and he's like this dumb look and he didn't know what to do. He's just, whatever, man. And then he just walked away. And then really in my heart, and, and, and there's another temptation to, to retaliate or to say something witty to get back at him. Lord, create in me a love for him. A supernatural power outside of me. You've got to take that away. You can't make me into a hypocrite. We were in the parking lot. He got into his, his, his uh, tow truck, whatever truck is it is, he was in. He rolled away, and I waved my hand. I said, Lord, help this to be a sincere wave. And he just gave me like the, and just turned away. Turned away. Okay. It is not our job to do things in our own power. We need to choose the Lord Jesus at every single moment in our lives. Amen? Now that's about anger. It could be about pornography, about lust, about vanity, gluttony, lying, cheating. It could be whatever, all, and you all know this, you're old enough to do this. But here's the thing. The minute you call someone else a hypocrite, you also become yourself a what? A hypocrite. Okay? The minute you call someone else a hypocrite, you, call, you become a hypocrite. And I'm imploring to you guys, for those of you guys between ages 13 and 19, neurologically speaking, who are heightened to see hypocrisy a little bit more sensitively than the rest of us. Okay? Give your lives over. Now, Jesus says, beware, ye, beware of the what? The yeast, the leaven of hypocrisy. It's not a lot. It's a, a little bit. And a little bit goes in your mind, and it stays in there. Number two, go to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. Matthew 22 is one page over. This is about the Sadducees. Verse 23. Someone read verse 23 for us. Okay, so you know the story. Okay, I'll use myself. I married my wife, and if we were living in Old Testament times, if I died, she'd have to marry my younger brother. 
Okay, weird, yes? Praise the Lord, I'm an only child. And then let's say he died, then she'd have to marry my third brother. Let's say he died, and she had to marry my fourth brother. Now, for some reason, all the men in this, in, this, in this family are dying, and she has to marry the seventh brother, who's like this little kid in diapers. Okay. Now, let's say they all died, and then we're all in the ground. Jesus comes from heaven. He says, it is finished. The resurrection happens. I come out of the grave. My wife comes out of the grave. I see her, and we're floating to the sky. And we're like, awesome. We're floating towards each other. We're embracing each other. And as she's embracing me, she looks over my, sh- my shoulder, and she sees brother number two, three, four, five, six, and then little baby number seven is crawling towards her. Okay? And, she- and the Sadducees are asking, hey, how does this work in heaven? Now, they're setting up Jesus. Now, what I love about Jesus is he's never stupid enough to fall for a trap. Verse 29. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, you are what? Mistaken, not knowing the scriptures nor the the power of God. The power of God. What I love about the Bible is this, is, is the power of God to create something out of nothing. When God said, let there be light, what happened? There was light. Awesome, awesome sound effects, huh? Jesus is, according to Colossians 1, Jesus was the creator. He's thinking of light. So he breathes in. And, and does, he, does Jesus have lungs? Yes. Does Jesus have lungs? No. Okay, figure that out. Okay, pray about it. And then he says, let there be light. Actually, he's speaking in a different language, not English, but in King James, he's, he's English. Let there be light. So the breath, the, the vocal cords of God. Does God have a voice? Yes. Does God have a voice? No. And he says, light. Does God have a tongue? Yes. Does God have a tongue? No. And the actual sound waves that come out of God's voice light the sound waves become light let there be elephants let there be grass let there be trees let there be puzzle awesome whatever God says it happens does it make sense if whatever God says happens then according to Titus chapter 1, verse 2, God cannot lie. Yes? When I was little, my, my, uh, my, my mom and dad taught me how to lie. Uh, they didn't do it intentionally. A long time ago, we had phones that were attached to the wall. You guys remember those times? Were you guys alive during those times? Uh, we would be at dinner time around 5 o'clock. Mommy, daddy, me. I'm an only child, so we're eating, you know, tenjang with kung namur and whatever. And the phone would ring. My father had a long day of work. He says, Yabo, get the phone. My mom was also working. She said, Justin, get the phone. And I'm looking over and I have no brothers and sisters. So I'm like, I got to get the phone. So you, I actually, a long time ago, long, long time ago, you had to stand up and walk towards the wall. And in the wall, there was like a, a receiver and there was a wire connected from one side on, and it was, it was curved and it attached to the wall. Long time ago, like 1991. And, and I, I picked up the phone and said, hello? And he says, hi, can you speak to your dad? And I looked towards my dad, and my father said, okay, if you don't understand, Kurt, that means <laughs> I'm not here. And then in my, pure, in my pure holy mind, I thought, 
but Appa, you are here, but you're telling me that you're not here, then you're telling me to tell this person to, 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 to lie? I looked at my mom. <laughs> They're not here right now. Oh, so I took a message. Okay, simple story. If this happened to Jesus, yes, this never happened to Jesus, but if it did, Joseph, Mary, Jesus are sitting at the table. They're eating some you know, falafel and baba ghanoush. I don't know what they ate back then. And then a cowbell rings. Ding, ling, ling, ding, ling, ling. Joseph has had a long day at the carpenter's office. He says, Yabo, Mary, you get the cowbell. Mary says, I had a long day talking to angels. You know, Jesus, get the phone. Jesus is like, yes, woman, yes, <laughs> according to King James. So he goes, picks up the cowbell, says, hello. He says, can we speak to your father, Joseph, son of whatever, 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 whatever. And he looks, and Joseph says, if, now, would Jesus even lie to begin with? His character is holy and pure. He would have never lied to begin with. But for hypothetical purposes, let's say that Jesus said, He's not here now. What would have happened? He looked over and... <laughs> yeah, he's really not here right now. Yeah, Joseph is not here. He's... Can I take a message? <laughs> take a message. Does it make sense? God can't lie. That's why this doctrine of creation thing that the church is going, it's huge. It's not about science. It's not about, you know, it's about does God have the power to recreate using his words? So all these words in this Bible, these are not fortune cookie pieces of advice. It's not saying, the Bible's saying, you know, okay, be a nice boy. Or not. The Bible's not saying that. When the Bible says, fear not, it's saying, fear not. And your fear should be gone. Where God says, I will create a love in you for other people. You have a supernatural love for people that you cannot do by yourself. And what, what Jesus says here is this, you do not know the power of God. And the Sadducees, their, their leaven was doubt. Was what, everybody? They did not believe in the resurrection. They did not believe in angels. They didn't believe in anything supernatural. They read the Bible and are like, you know, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Just like the, the, the leaven of the Pharisees was hypocrisy, the leaven of the Sadducees was, was doubt. If this is clear, say amen. How many of you want the word of God in your minds? And I implore you to memorize as much scripture as you can. There's a Bible app that you should all buy. It's called Scripture Typer. Okay, it's in, it's in seven ninety nine, so it's not cheap. You got to save up a couple lunch lunches for it. <laughs> okay, or maybe one. You memorize. I started last year in May, and I'm not gloating. I'm just telling you the power of it. I started in May around Memorial Day weekend. I bought the app. After one year, I've memorized twenty chapters of the Bible, and it's not based on intelligence. It's just based on diligence. Based on what? Okay, I know some of you guys are like 1,600 SAT changed. You guys are 2,400 SAT years. Okay, it's not based on intelligence. It's based on diligence. Okay, the more words you have of God in your mind, the more accessibility you have to God's power. The last one is found in, in Mark chapter 6, 
Okay, this is the, the second to last passage. Are you guys still with me this evening? You don't sound like it. Okay, verse chapter 6. Chapter 6 is the last one. With 11 of the Pharisees, 11 of the Sadducees, and here 11 of Herod is the last one. Chapter 6, verse 14. Are you there? Are you there? Verse 14. I'm going to read this quickly here. Now King Herod heard of him, for his name had become well known. He said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work with him. Others said, it's Elijah. Others said, it's the prophet. Verse 16. But when Herod heard, he said, this is John who might be headed. He has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had sent and had laid hold of John, bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her, because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore, Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. Some of you guys have already zonked out, yes? <laughs> verse 20, let's go to verse 20, I will review. For Herod, what John? Feared. Okay, so King Herod is not the same Herod as the one who killed um, all those babies during Jesus' birth. This is another Herod. He feared John, verse 20, knowing that he was a just and holy man, he protected him. Meaning, Herod's youth pastor was John the Baptist. Every Saturday would roll around, he'd go to John the Baptist's church. Okay, then one day, John the Baptist comes up to the Herod's court and points his finger. And he says, you married the wrong person. It's like, what's going on? You married your brother's wife. And then mysteriously, the brother died. Mysteriously. And then the, the wife, which has a similar name to him, don't ask me how that works, they got married. Okay? And, and John the Baptist says, don't do this. So what happens? Verse 21, an opportune day came when Herod on his birthday gave feast for his nobles, the high officers, chief men of Galilee. When Herodias' dance uh, daughter herself came in and danced. By the way, when she's dancing, she's not doing the Macarena here. She's doing some kind of dance that's like, kind of like, you know, dance, okay? Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> okay. Uh, and when Herod's dance, daughter came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him, King said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. He also swore to her, whatever you ask me, I'll give it up to half my kingdom. She went out and talked to her mother, what shall I ask? And she said, what the what of what? head of John the Baptist. You guys know the story, verse 25. Immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked and saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on the platter. Verse 26. And the king was exceedingly happy. Is that what the Bible says? The king was exceedingly sorry. Why? Because he has to kill his youth pastor. You understand? Okay. Because of what? Two things. Because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him he did not want to refuse her. So here's this king. He's in front of all of his friends. They're drinking alcohol like crazy. They're, they're drunk. In comes a girl, and she does some kind of like hula hoop dancing thing. He's like, hey, I'll give you anything you want. She's like, kill your youth pastor. He's like, oh, snap. Now, just like how you are all looking at me, everyone in that party was looking at him. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Now, because of what he said, and because he's king, and because of all those people that were sinning, he could have easily said, uh, hey, not, not him. Um, yeah, maybe I made a mistake. And uh, he could have said that, but he doesn't. And he exceedingly sorry. Exceedingly is an adverb that describes the word sorry. He's mourning over the fact he has to kill his youth pastor, John the Baptist. And he kills him. The Herod, the, the leaven of Herod is this, is pride. 
It's what, everybody? It's when you know you're wrong and you can humble yourself and fess up to what you know you did is wrong, but because of pride and because of what everyone's watching you and because of your, your, your self is at stake, you say no and you fight till the end. My father and I once fought at Thanksgiving. We were sitting in front of my mother and my father said this. He said, um, young people now, I don't know, I'm using that voice. Young people now are getting early, are married at earlier and earlier age. And I said, Dad, that's a ridiculous thing. Young people are getting married later and later and later. Oh, no, no, no. I read it in the Korean newspaper. Uh, young people are getting married 19, 18, 17. Dad, who in the world is getting married at 17? All my friends are getting married at like 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. <laughs> I don't even have 60-year-old friends. Okay. I mean, I, 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 okay. He's like, no, 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 no. I am older than you. I know these things. Dad, I'm a sociology major. <laughs> you realize at a certain point in your argument, you start using ridiculous reasons because you want to win the argument. For those of you who are married, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're, you're, you know this is a ridiculous, you're losing, but you do not want to lose to your spouse. So you just, it's like an airplane that's crashing. Like, no, I can bring it up, I can bring it up. You don't want to press the, the parachute button. Finally, I said, my dad's like, I am your father, and I am always right. That's a more Japanese accent, actually. And, and I said this, Dad, I have more Facebook friends than you do. Ridiculous reasons. And yet at this point, we're just getting heated and heated and heated. And my mother, poor soul, she's waiting there like a, like a you know, awesome Korean mother. She's waiting for her son and her dad, or her dad, her husband, to finish. After that, that day, I went to my dad. I'm like, Dad, hey, really at the end of the day, like we were both right and we we're both wrong, right? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he said later on, he said, I did not want to lose to you, my son, in front of my wife. And I said, Dad, I did not want to lose to my dad in front of Uma. Usually your pride is at stake. You do not want to look like a loser in front of other people. Now Jesus says three things. Three things are bad, yes? But he says they're like leaven. They're like what? He doesn't say kochukaru. He doesn't say kesugom. He doesn't say salt. He doesn't say pepper. He uses leaven, meaning all you need is a, a little bit, and the leaven is the whole lump. Last passage for tonight. Last one. First Corinthians chapter five. First Corinthians chapter five. First Corinthians chapter five, verse six. The Bible reads, are you there? Amen? Amen? Are you guys okay? Are you guys going to die? I have never met anyone who died in a long sermon before, okay? And please don't be the first. Verse 6. The Bible reads, your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a what what? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Therefore, Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you are truly unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. There's a lot there, but here he says this. Let's purge out the old leaven. 
How many of you here tonight, you want to stop being a hypocrite? You want to stop calling other people hypocrites? You don't want to be one person this way, one person this way, one person on Sabbath, one person on non-Sabbath. You just want to be a normal, centered, biblical Christian all the time. You know, you can't do that in your own power. God can help you with that. How many of you want to believe in the Bible and to remove doubt from your mind? It's not a matter of intelligence or education. It's a spiritual condition. You want God to remove doubt from your mind. And how many of you want to remove pride from your lives? How many of you are Korean, period? How many have Korean pride in you? You know, you do the paksu thing. Da, 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 da. How many remove Korean pride? Not just that. Not just Korean pride. We have a human pride in all of us. If you go home tonight or in your room and you start thinking, I can do this by myself, you've missed the point. We need the Lord Jesus to help us in these things. Amen? Last story for this is I went to Korea. I went to live with my grandmother. I hated living with my grandmother because she lived in the middle of nowhere. It was the shigor of shigors and shigors. There was no bathroom. It was a hole in the ground. I actually starved myself for one month so that I didn't have to go to the bathroom outside. I lost so much weight that they, she force-fed me food and I had to go to the bathroom into the hole. Anyway, that's another story. Uh, my grandmother took all my underwear and my undergarments and she put it into a pot and she cooked it. And I thought, Harmony, uh, you know, what's, I, I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> and she says, she said some words, and she hit me <laughs> on the top of my head. And she cooked it really high, and she poured Clorox and lye, and she put a big wooden spoon, and she looked like a Shakespearean witch, you know, you know double, double, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then afterwards, she hit these things really hard. And all of a sudden, my undergarments, which were yellow, and, and, and don't, don't do that. All of your garments are yellow, too. And, and she did this after an hour of boiling it in lux, Clorox, and the hot water. It came out fluorescent white. Have you ever seen fluorescent white? Like Korean eyes, they become Caucasian. It's just like, it's just so bright. And so I realized... Only, the only way you can purge yourself of some of these things is to have the Lord Jesus as your grandmother take your inner garments and wash it in the righteousness of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus. All it takes is a choice from all of you here tonight. Whether you're 13, 33, or 103. Whether you're Korean or not. We need the white righteousness of Jesus Christ. How many of you want it? How many of you want to be white? Have the white linen, as the Bible calls, righteousness of the saints. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Father in heaven, we've come here to Kohara Springs. Lord, it's my first, not really, my second time here, Lord. <laughs> but maybe it's routine for many people here. Maybe it's our first time here. Regardless, we have come here to seek an experience with you. And Lord, I believe a true experience can only be found through your word. And your word here tonight has told us to beware of these three, thing, three things. Lord, we all have pride in this room. We all have doubt. We all have hypocrisy. Lord, help us to hate it even more than our carnal nature has already hated him. And Lord, purge these things from our lives. Father, if it is a decision for ours, 
I'm going to ask that my brothers and sisters here tonight, this Friday evening, as the Sabbath starts, as the sun is down, to raise their hands towards heaven while all our heads are bowed and eyes are closed and to signify to the angels that we want the Holy Spirit in our lives to bleach our hearts, to take away all leaven from our lives. Lord, we pray for our families. We pray for our children. We pray for our, pray for our parents. We pray for every person in this campground. Lord, remove these little things in our lives only in a way that you can do. This is our humble prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.